Everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Well, it's going good. We uh, we, we got our favorite camping spot, by God. Yes, we did. <laughs> we pulled our camper the up there best. today. Oh, I was so happy. I was so scared. It's a really narrow road, but mm-hmm. pulling your camper on it is a little bit dicey. And then there was some guy that had pulled over and was fishing. Like, Mars and I were both hanging out the window to make sure that the side of the camper and pickup tires weren't getting too close to falling into the river. Like, it was crazy. And Scott's like, if that spot's not available, we're really screwed. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> so right, to have to come back through there. Ugh. Yeah, he's like, we're not doing that again. But, yeah, so, anyway, but thank God, uh, yeah, the spot was empty and available, so. You just don't know here what it's like Mm-mm. to get a good spot, a good non-campground kind of spot mm-hmm. for the weekend before the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. It's a battle. It's going to be insane. Yeah. So, anyway, we're thrilled. We're beyond yes. thrilled. And, it, man, yes. is it gorgeous up there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait. Yeah. Well, it is. Oh boy, both my cats are in in the room with me tonight. So you might really—they're fighting with each other right now. That's why this one's up here on my chair. So you might really get a show. I don't know what's going on, but this is our Wednesday night case updates live stream. And do we have some updates for you? Oh man, but there's a lot going on. We're going to get to the important ones, but I think we should get to the funniest one first, which is top of the FLS list. The number one jackass, Nick Alaverdian. Please, oh give us my the Katie. God, you guys, I'm dead <laughs> reading this today. So this is Nick. You guys, I'm sure you remember him. We've talked about him into infinitum. Yes, we have. I noticed that somebody from like, I don't know, CNN or Dateline just received a big award for all of their work they've done on this case. And I'm like, what? Excuse me, I think we're the first podcasters to talk about it, but whatever, we'll just be over here doing our work. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so he is finally in his extradition hearing. It's finally happening. It started last week, it's carried over into this week. And as we know, his name is actually uh, Nicholas Alaverdian or Nicholas Rossi. He went by both, but he's mm-hmm. claiming to be uh, Knight. Yeah, Arthur Knight from an an, an orphan, you know, handily from Ireland. And he got, he faked his death in New Hampshire while he was actually already living in the UK. And then, um, of course, has been there ever since and got COVID last year, about two years ago, 18 months ago now, ended up in the hospital and they recognized his tattoos from a most wanted list because, you know, the feds never really fell for that, oh, I'm dead routine, considering that there was no death certificate ever. No, and he's facing rape charges and financial crimes, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff in the U.S., and he just conveniently dies. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, it's taken 18 months now of during the extradition process, and some kind of hilarious things coming out of it. They've got, of course, all of these 
testifying, uh, you know, witnesses testifying on both sides, but they had a doctor today, a UK doctor who has fully examined him. And he says that uh, his oxygen is that of a healthy person. He doesn't need oxygen. And he doesn't also... need those fake oxygen masks he's been wearing. Those uh, CPAP masks he's wearing around? Yeah. yeah I mean, they're not even real oxygen masks. I don't even think they're attached to anything. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's a, it's a front. And also, I know, surprise. Uh, also, uh, they said there's absolutely nothing uh, wrong with him physically that would make him need to be in that wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as sickly and uh, disabled as he's trying to pretend. Which, honestly, how ableist of you, Nicholas, really. Right. Some people really need that wheelchair and your fat ass is sitting in it pretending to be someone you're not. Get up. Get out of there. Come to Utah. Yes, please come Come to Utah Utah. because we want to go to your hearings really bad. (laughs) There's a bit of a hitch and the hitch is that he has been accused of rape in England. Right. So he's in Scotland having this hearing but he has not been interviewed by the Essex police. Oh. And, mm-hmm. and the uh, the defense, of course, they're like, oh, well, in that case, he needs to just be released until the police speak with him about the rape, rape allegations here. So, released. Sure. <laughs> you mean there's more charges pending against him? Let's let him go. Let him go. That's I'm it. sure he's not a flight Do- risk. Well, there was some talk that the UK would never be able to release him until they satisfied those charges. Uh, However, that doesn't seem to necessarily be the case. Uh, So they're just working on clearing that up. I don't know that I feel like that's something that's going to keep him from being uh, extradited. And it's certainly not something that's going to get him released, for Christ's sake. But uh, yeah, but he does have rape charges in England uh, because, you know, he's a rapist. He has multiple rape charges and convictions here in the United States. Yes. So, yeah. (laughs) Paula said, as someone who uses a wheelchair, I assure you it's not always the most comfortable seat in the house. Right? And he's pretending like he needs it, but he's just doing it to uh, get favor from the court or trying to. But he is such a faker. Well, he's claiming it's all from COVID, that he has long COVID and he can't breathe and he can't walk and his life is destroyed. And now he's being accused of being this person he isn't. The problem is DNA and fingerprints. Where are my clutch and pearls when I need them? (laughs) You guys, he actually tried to claim that the hospital set him up by putting all of those foreign tattoos he's never seen before on his arms while he was in a coma. imagine they just look we're gonna set this dude up for crimes he committed in another country (laughs) right for no reason at all well he's like hey this guy has covid he's in a coma in the icu this would be a great time to cover him in tattoos yeah i'm sure that's exactly the first priority in the icu (laughs) and everybody knows that icu nurses are also tattoo artists i mean come on man Oh, I don't know, Cranky. I'm kind of glad COVID didn't do the job because I've enjoyed this immensely. Uh, <laughs> and when he's extradited to, to Utah. Get some real comeuppance. Yes. When he's extradited to Utah, we have every intention of attending uh, his hearing because uh-huh. that's correct. We really want to be there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hospital staff have all this time to tattoo people, especially right. ones that are critically ill in the ICU in comas. Yeah. 
seems like a good idea. So anyway, the verdict is in from the doctor. You're a big faker. Mm-hmm. Well, we already knew that, but uh, come on, Nick. You've wasted enough time. Come on back to the States. It's time. Yeah, come on. We want you to get some some justice here. We want your victim in Utah to get some justice. We want victims. Victims, right. Well, we want the ones yeah, there's in the UK more than to get one vic- charge. Yeah. Right. We want that victim in the UK to get just justice too. He just this has taken so stupidly long. Mm-hmm. And you know, you remember he's been being tortured in jail uh by the inmates singing songs to him. Which That's has right. been very upsetting and difficult to damaging to his psyche. So, you wow. know. I mean, the song. It's so cruel. Yeah. Leaving on a jet plane. How cruel. How unkind. Yeah. That's I bullying, I tell you. Wow, this shirt That is, is bullying in wrinkled. a UK prison, <laughs> apparently. In a Scotland prison. Um, yeah. He is really in big trouble in the U.S. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just the one jet John Denver song, leaving yeah, on a jet leaving plane. Leaving on a jet plane. That's uh that's what they were singing at him because they because he's getting extradited. <laughs> that's another reason why he should have been released. How long has he been wanted, Gloria? About three years. Yeah. Yeah. About three years. It's not a super long time, but uh he also no, one, of his, is one of his crimes here in the US was fraud against his stepfather. Who is going to be testifying against him in this extradition hearing, uh, you know, to help prove that he is exactly who the authorities say he is. But he committed fraud on him, took out credit cards in his name, and ran up a bill of over $200,000. Yeah. It was 20 credit cards. Yeah. 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 He's such a jackass. Mm-hmm. But I love this. I'm hoping they will take that stupid wheelchair away from him now that this doctor has testified. Right. That's it. Yeah. You All done with this. this. Mm-hmm. Well, he's putting on quite the show <laughs> with the whole oxygen mask thing, too. And all his anyway. over and, yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah. It right. It does sound a like a movie. <laughs> yeah. It would. They, <laughs> there should be a movie uh, of this, really, mm-hmm. because of the hijinks that he's gotten up to it's really true why why would the hospital or the conspiracy within the hospital be so anxious to put tattoos on arthur knight of all people who is just happens to be this demure kind shy quiet irishman living in scotland and married to a very nice wife why would they do that right why would they do that unless he was in fact a super bad guy. Maybe he's a spy. <laughs> Don't think so. I Maybe he's just he Nick Alabardian. Seem like he's cool, but he is not. No. Gosh, there's so much to talk about, but let's talk about Koberger. Mm. Guess who's getting uh, the, the death penalty in, in Idaho if he's convicted? Brian Koberger. I know. Well, I'll tell you who isn't. Uh, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, not surprising. We all figured that, yeah. you know, they literally did the new bill that did get enacted to reinstate the firing squad, literally with Koberger in mind, mm-hmm. which, you know, now our state gets to spend a bajillion dollars building a special facility to use to mm-hmm. execute people by firing squad. Here's the other thing, though, because in Idaho, 
um, if somebody is convicted and on death row, they get to choose how they are executed. So mm-hmm. Coburger doesn't have to choose that if, in fact, he is, you know, um, found guilty and given it. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's a newsflash. Uh, we don't have a facility. <laughs> that doesn't even exist yet. They passed the stupid law, but yeah. I don't know. It's gross. It the whole that just makes me sick. It just makes me feel sick to think about it. Like they mm-hmm. passed a law thinking about wanting to kill this particular person. Yeah. Look, he, you know, is alleged to have done some really horrible things. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But that's just really barbaric. Mm-hmm. But they did the uh the uh, prosecution did come out and say, yep, we are gonna go for the death penalty. Yeah. There's been some news that isn't really news come out this past week about that they have confirmed his DNA on the knife sheath. Now, mm-hmm. we already knew that, but they've run it again to to um, uh, confirm the DNA match. Because initially it was a gen- genealogical match because they had his d- dad's DNA from some trash that they found at their house when the house was being surveilled. So, I mean, it's not like there's been any question, but now that's been confirmed that, yes, the DNA that they have on the knife sheath, knife sheath that was left in the house on the bed yeah. uh, where two of the victims were um, has, in fact, been uh, proven to be his. Yeah. Which is pretty damning um, evidence. You know, the pros- the uh, defense attorneys are saying there's absolutely no connection between him and the uh, victims, you know, except for that part where his DNA is in their house. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard to, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with his defense that we have to remember that the defense's job is to create doubt. Mm-hmm. So they're doing all kinds of stuff that doesn't really literally actually mean anything in court. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's not provable. And when it comes right down to trial, they're just trying to garner support and sympathy right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole thing that they're fighting over with the um, the grand jury and how they want to, you know, impeach how the grand jury was was um, seated and, and, and the way that they were done and all that stuff. Well, they've never even seen the documents yet that tell them how that was done. Right. You know, how the grand jury was seated. So um, that's just all noise, you know, like, be don't forget the defense is going to say all kinds of stuff that they cannot actually prove. Sure. And you can't prove that the grand jury was seated inappropriately if you've never even seen the documentation about how it was seated. Right. So you can say that to the press all you want, but is that provable information? Unlikely. No. I mean, what one thing we've learned over the years is how much defense attorneys hate grand juries. Yes, they do. Well, because it's completely out of their control. They don't get to be there. They don't get to hear what was said or who was called. And they yeah, like they do don't even them. know what's happening. Yes, they don't. Yeah, that they and and these guys are pissed because they were prepping for the preliminary hearing that should have happened like three days ago, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't because they this went happened. the grand jury route instead. Yeah, tore it out of their hands. So, you know, I, I've seen a lot of kind of panicked stuff with people. Remember, this is their job. Mm-hmm. They're the defense. They're creating doubt. Because remember, you have to find someone guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. It's in the language. 
So they're creating doubt because they are hoping that, you know, the jury won't be able to find him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter what they say in the press. It doesn't because it's not provable information. Right. Yeah. Right. And the case needs to be dropped. They're going to give all the reasons. They're going to give all the everything about why this should be done this way or that way. And it just doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's They're going to say all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to focus too heavily on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The other thing is that we learned that... Koberger was actually arrested for the first time in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, for stealing his sister's cell phone. Yeah. And this has really set people off in a big way about, you know, smaller crimes lead to bigger crimes. And I don't know. I, I think it's a really big leap from stealing your sister's iPhone to murdering four people. Especially it, because his it, dad's the one that turned him in. Right. His dad turned his him in. His family held him accountable. Yeah. But they also say he was a heroin addict at the time. Right. Yeah, he was. He was a heroin addict and he was, you know, trying to get drug money. Mm I, You know, I I don't know. I'm not sure it's as significant as some people are saying that it is. I just feel like people are so reactionary in this case. I almost can't stand to be on Twitter around the Koberger people. And and honestly, and you guys have probably noticed that. We have not been all over this case like we typically are Idaho cases. And a lot of it is because of the way it's been handled by other true crimers and the press. It has been it's gross so and too much. Yeah, and just so yeah. outrageous and knee-jerky. And I mean, partly we've been knee-deep in De Belvalo, but at the same time, like, God, it has sucked. The coverage of it has been really, really gross. Uh, the way the families have been treated has been so gross. I actually saw someone on Twitter this week saying that if, if the families are allowed into the courtroom, they should submit to being handcuffed. What? Yeah. If, number one, they will. Yeah. Front row seats. Number two, they are not charged with any crime. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Cranky. There's not a lot to report until it goes to trial, particularly because of this gag order that has held back the actual information. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we have ignored a lot of really sensational stuff because Mm -hmm. there's no way to prove any of it. You know, but when they're actually in court. Yeah. Yeah. When they're actually in court and actual real things get discussed, that makes you know, that's more important, you know, in the release now that they have verified the, the DNA, which is yeah. great, but it's not like that's real bombshelly either. I mean, everywhere I no. saw all these clickbaity headlines, you know, bombshell information in the Brian Koberger case. No, it isn't. They knew that DNA match before they arrested him. They right. just are confirming it now. Like, let's not get too crazy. Right. Well, right, they, right. Got they just want to it. talk and get views. And and it's hard yeah. because it is way hard when a case you're covering is gagged because you do go long periods of time without a lot of information. But I'm very I, tired I of know. them making Maybe up stuff. cover something else. Yeah. Yeah, that's why or we cover multiple cases. Hounding the hell out of the victim's families. Yeah. But saying things like that about the families, that's horrible. People are out of their minds. 
They have every right to be at the trial. Absolutely. And they sure and don't they... have to submit to being handcuffed. No. My God. What the hell is What's wrong the with, people? with people? Yeah. Ugh. A lot of things. Lot Many of things. things. The list is very long. And we will cover some of those. Uh, but not all of them because that just cannot. I don't know. We can't cover it all in one night. That's for sure. <laughs> but you will you will probably have noticed that we don't always cover everything with Coburger, and that's why. Mm-hmm. But really, the big news is, yes, they are seeking the death penalty. Yeah, that is the biggest news. And yeah, we know. He has two death penalty certified attorneys, which, as you know, in knows. Idaho is a stretch of our resources. Uh, so, yeah. Well, and, you know, they've been prepping it this way, expecting that that was coming. And, you know, that changes the way that the trial is run. There are basically two trials, right? Because there's the there's the 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 guilt phase and then there's the penalty phase. So it's a it's a it's a bigger thing. It's a longer trial. It It changes the way the jury is selected, changes the way the jury is selected. It changes a lot of things and it makes it more complicated and more drawn out. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see, you know this get pushed out a couple of times because there is so much that has to be done when the death penalty is on the table. Yeah. And it's so interesting to watch this case because Coburger's response to his charges are so different from Lori Vallow's responses to her charges. Lori just didn't really give her defense attorneys anything to work with. No. Coburger, on the other hand, is fighting everything tooth and nail. Which, of course, is his right. Um, and also his education. You mm-hmm. have to remember, he has a master's degree in criminology. Yeah, he does. He, Which, you know, I, as a side note, I thought might have made him a better criminal than he was, but okay. I uh, think he thought he was a better criminal than he is. Uh, no. Has he trial? No, he's not. I don't think he... Well... Uh, I didn't I think, think he had it. Hmm. I'm going to check because we're covering too many of these. And that, that question gets murky for me. It does. Yeah. But, um, but definitely his attorneys are putting up a much more robust uh, defense than uh, Lori's attorneys did. Wow. Yes. He waived his right. He did. He okay. waived his right. So we've got a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of time. Oh Yeah. Right. Lori and Lori's delusions are telling her that she will, that God is going to step in and fix all of this for her. So she doesn't really have to defend herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coburger knows he has to defend himself and he knows the system well enough to know that this is how you do it. And you mm-hmm. fight everything tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. And it means it takes a lot longer, which is why you would waive speedy trial so that you can fight every single little tiny procedural thing. To be a, a fly on the wall uh, in his cell, uh, in his mm-hmm. conversations with his attorneys, uh, because right. I can only imagine how much input he is giving, you know, accurate input that he is giving. I suspect that uh, there's a lot of that going on. But he has yeah. a lot to say. Hi, Rain Rose. Good to see you. I'm <laughs> sure that our, he our most loved state of Florida. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you're safe and alive living in that insane place. And that's coming <laughs> from Idaho, honey. <laughs> but welcome. We're really glad that you could be here live. <laughs> yes, we are. And you right. don't hate us for all the shit we talk about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we just tell the truth. We know. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, Grant oh, is Grant also is in Florida. 
you are, yeah, let's, right, Cranky. Um, Brian doesn't have a golden vagina on his side. Right. Correct. Neither does Lori anymore. But yeah. watching these two things, these two cases play out in the same state is really interesting because the difference in defense is so blindingly Staggering. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He's still going to try to start, uh, to try to outsmart everyone. Definitely. That's what Cobra's ego is all about is that yeah. he's the smartest. He's the best. He knows more than everybody. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Leaving behind that knife sheath was probably proof that that's not actually true. Um, but that's kind of what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Katie, uh, some interesting, um, releases actually in the Suzanne Morphew case. Tell us about that. Unsealings in Suzanne Morphew. So this is Suzanne. Oh, yes, unsealings, yeah. If you guys remember, Suzanne went missing uh, out of Colorado a few years ago. She went missing Mother's Day weekend 2020. Yeah. And she'd only lived in Colorado for two years. They'd moved there from uh, Indiana. And they have just uh, released a bunch of sensitive documents that are giving us a pretty good picture of what was going on that really does shadow some doubt back on her husband, Barry. Now, Barry was charged with her murder uh, way too soon. And then the prosecution just yeah. bungled the holy hell out of his case until they finally Still really bad. had no choices but to just dismiss the charges uh, without mm-hmm. prejudice so they could charge him again. But the case has just kind of settled since then. He has filed a $15 million suit against the county. Like, you know. But some things in the uh, new documents that came out that are really curious. Uh, Most especially that she was absolutely having an affair. Now, we kind of knew that. There were whispers of that. Um, But she was having a long-term affair with her childhood love. And she had been texting him even like the day before she disappeared about how much she loved him, that he was the only man for her. Why is that pertinent? Because when she went missing, Barry told the police that their marriage was solid, that they were deeply in love, that all was well, that they were just so excited to just live in Colorado and grow old together. And yeah, there's a lot of evidence showing that that is couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, she texted her sister a couple of days before she died and said that there had been uh, a fair amount of emotional and physical abuse, more than she could even get into at the time, and that she really didn't know what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. It just continues to cast doubt on what uh, what Barry Morphew has been saying. Right. Big surprise, but there's just been so much... Uh, bad policing here there's been really bad prosecuting here yeah but the most important thing that we know now is that investigators think that they know where her body is they're quite sure that they know but they said it is in a very difficult place to access Mm -hmm. and they're still trying to figure out how to access her body that would just change everything because, I mean, first of all, they ha- can't even 100% prove she's dead. Mm-hmm. To ever really go anywhere with that case, you know, uh, yeah. a, a case with no body is tough to prove. And it's not that that doesn't happen, because it does happen. Uh, just look at the West Boys case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but gosh, if they were able to find her body and to really see how she died and Mm -hmm. what forensics may still be present could be really, really important. Yeah. So does this mean, okay, so they're in Colorado Mm -hmm. and they, they have, you know, mountains and trees and stuff kind of like we do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, is she like down some really steep ravine or something that people normally can't even traverse? Is that, what do you think? Is that what that means? That's what I think. That, that's what I think. Here's exactly what the prosecutor said or the district attorney said. She is in a very difficult spot. We actually have more than just a feeling and the sheriff's office is continuing to look for Mrs. Morphew's body. Sorry, my cats are snarling at each other. I don't know why they're fighting, <laughs> but they're not happy. <laughs> Colleen, I'm guessing that's true that they moved from Colorado or Indiana because he was trying to get her away from this guy. Yeah. Of course, he was married and has six kids. I mean, it was an affair on both sides. I don't know that there was really an opening for her to be with him, but her marriage was definitely seriously crumbling, but yeah. Yep. Oh well, yeah. Very care- messed with anyone and everyone that said uh, he was guilty. Oh yeah. He's filed multiple suits. He's been all over. We it. avoided this case for quite a while because he was attacking podcasters uh-huh. and we were oh, like, yeah. eh, not really worth it. You know, yeah, until he was, he was actually litigious. charged. Yeah. Right. She yeah. was pretty small. Yeah. Did he carry her down mm-hmm. somewhere or did he throw her body down somewhere? Roll right. her body down somewhere where it's really hard. Cause I can think of like, you drive up in the mountains here and you see like off the side of the hillside down a huge cliff mm. that, or like in Yellowstone park, there are places like that, that like, oh, yeah. yeah, like physically, how does a human being even go down in there? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Paul, it's a good point. We complain about justice being slow, but this is what happens when law enforcement rushes the process. Absolutely. And they actually, the sheriff's office did not want her. charges to be filed. They yeah. had asked the prosecutor to slow down the pace, and there was a very new prosecutor that acted like they were just going to hang their hat on this case and dove in. They filed charges, and the, the sheriff said in a statement that they were shocked. Mm-hmm. They had no idea. Well, and- don't, I mean, normally that's like a decision where everyone talks about it and then the prosecutor makes it to, to file in the sheriff's office, not even know they were doing it. The whole thing is messed up. Yeah. There were a lot of yeah allegations that Barry was also having an affair or had had multiple affairs. And Craigie says that the boyfriend was in Michigan. That could well be. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Christy, all these men who think murder is better than divorce. Right. Right. It's because their egos are so fragile mm-hmm. that they cannot lose in this situation. Yep. Right. He did sell the house, got a girlfriend, sort of moved on with his life. I know he's so he's yucky. He is. Oh, he man. just does not. If he's innocent, he comes off way weird for being innocent. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was the whole story about him. What? Shooting at a deer in their yard. Yes. Yeah. And all of that weird stuff. I can't remember exactly the context, but lots of things that didn't track. With a handgun. Yeah. Like with a handgun. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. You don't really shoot deer with handguns. That's not how that works. I will say, though, their girls have stood behind him. Absolutely. Like Daybell style. They They have. have. Absolutely stood behind him. But their mother is missing. And they are young. And I'm sure the thought of losing both parents is terrifying 
he also seems to be excellent at manipulating you know and but we don't know we don't know and but i really god i really hope that they can find a way to access her if they really do know unfortunately they have said things like this before yeah uh, that they and then nothing comes of it. were really really close it was about a year ago they released a statement that they were this close to finding suzanne and then they never did and i think the public has kind of lost hope at this point for good reason. right i mean things have just gone real quiet in that case yeah so anyway there you go that's what we know right home security was wiped for the time frame i know there's definitely evidence there is it just was not quite enough for a case with no body yeah the kids are like in their early 20s i think late teens early 20s yeah young yeah yeah so we've got that, um, but we'll keep an eye on that because, gosh, what if they're actually right this time? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Let's see yep. here. So let's talk about a, another quadruple murder in Idaho. How is this possible? Oh, okay. So this is uh, Major John Kaler who uh, murdered his neighbors mm-hmm. after... Um, his children and wife had alleged seeing the older teenage son of this family that lived, they lived in like a duplex that one was above and one was below and that the one boy had been masturbating in his window where his kids could see. And you all remember this. Um, So uh, Idaho has decided not to seek the death penalty in his case, which frankly, was kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, given the absolute brutality of this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is charged with four counts of first degree murder. He told the police he just snapped. We've yeah. heard that before. And it just makes me really angry because it's mm-hmm. like. And so that that's not an excuse. Also, no one should have the opportunity or be thinking that it's okay to get that angry. It just, it's not. No. You have to be able to take care of yourself and deal with your own emotions without murdering anybody. Yeah. Also, we made a mistake with the victims and this is because this was how this was originally reported that the two adults, Kenna and Kenneth were the parents and they're not. Kenna is the mother. Kenneth was actually their grandfather. Yeah. Um, and he shot them. The, the boy that was, um, accused of the masturbation in front of the kids had multiple gunshot wounds. He was shot repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, Kenna and Kenneth were both, um, shot, um, in the temple mm-hmm. and the younger boy Aiken was shot at point blank range. Devin had multiple shots at point blank range. So he close that there just- was executed the whole family yes he did somehow that's how he thought to deal with this um he was shooting so close to them that there was blood and tissue on the pistol yeah uh i don't know it it, this one is really really scary to me someone that could snap like that what's scary to me is that there are people defending him there are people saying that well yeah the police didn't do anything about it. He didn't have any choice. Indecent exposure is not a death Certainly penalty. not a death penalty crime. Also, it what also about is- his innocent family members who didn't do anything? 
It's also oh. alleged indecent exposure. This is entirely their word. This right. is based on the stuff she said on Facebook. And the police had been investigating, but hadn't actually made an arrest. So it was still alleged. Yeah. When the killer's family are the ones doing all the talking, how much are we taking that to the bank? Well, some people are calling him a hero. You know, some people are it's calling for his gross. immediate release from jail. Gross. He yeah. murdered four people in cold blood. Mm -hmm. That is not justice at all. No. Right. Exactly. He was worried about, Paula says, he's worried about his daughter seeing a man masturbating, which fair enough. Sure. But not worried about them seeing him shoot two innocent people in front of them. Yeah, they saw yeah. some of the shooting. Mm -hmm. He did that in front of them. I'll tell you, yeah. that's going to have lifelong effect way more than what they yeah. saw with the boy. Yep. They also, didn't like the family. They didn't like them living there. They were uncomfortable. There were, it's pretty clear from the Facebook post from his wife that this was a situation they were not happy about from, from prior to these incidents occurring. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She had said something along the lines of she's already uncomfortable living here. And now this. Yeah. Interesting. Also, Ooh, she posted this on Facebook a couple of days before the killings. Yes. And this is a, a cartoon. A predator. That, um, or a, well, a cartoon, a, a drawing based on another man uh, who murdered a man who had raped his son. Yeah. And he's shooting him, blowing his head off. Well, clearly, it's hard for me to believe that they hadn't had some conversations. Right. About this. I also have to wonder, and as far-fetched as this might seem, if they really did think that uh, he would get off on this, that people would look at this as just self-defense and just that somehow a jury would never find him guilty considering what that guy did. Listen, having a guy expose himself to your kids is disgusting. Having your little girl see a boy or man masturbating in the window is gross. He didn't touch these children. He didn't assault these children. He didn't do anything to these children besides stand in his own bedroom in front of a window and masturbate while watching them play outside. Now, is that awful? Of course it is. Is it disgusting? Yes. Should there have been the police called in an involvement? Sure. Absolutely. But the idea that murdering him was in any way acceptable is completely wrong. And the idea of murdering his whole family, I just think Idaho didn't have enough death penalty uh, capabilities right now to go for that. Right. Well, this whole I snapped by telling the police this, basically what he's telling them is that um, this was not premeditated. He didn't plan it. He right. snapped, he grabbed his gun, he shot him. And that's why it's because he's charged yeah. with, yeah. Yeah, they're, this may end up being second-degree murder. I don't know if they're going to change that, if they'll leave it at first degree. But at mm -hmm. this point, it doesn't appear that this was a premeditated event. Mm -hmm. But that post of that Facebook image that his wife posted a couple of days before really makes me question mm -hmm. if that's actually true or not. Right. Or had they discussed this. It's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. 
So we uh, will continue to follow that and um, cover it as it moves now through the court systems. Um, see what's see what else is going to happen. Um, in the meantime, Katie, what about the Cassidy Rainwater case? We had some big news there. Yes. Okay. So you guys remember Cassidy Rainwater, or if you don't, I'll bring you up to speed. But Cassidy was murdered a couple of years ago in July 2021. This was that case where the two men were arrested. This is uh, Norton and Phelps that were arrested. She had been staying with them in a cabin mm -hmm. and then had disappeared. And the police found, you know, evidence of her uh, demise, uh, pictures and video on one of their phones and packages of her flesh uh, wrapped and frozen in the freezer that were labeled with the date she died and her initials. Uh, it initially created a real fervor, and I'm afraid to say that we probably contributed to it, that there was maybe cannibalism going on, that maybe there were yeah, other... might be more than one victim. Yeah, because they actually had uh, kind of withheld uh, information for quite a while while they did DNA testing on the meat in the freezer because they weren't really sure what was human and what wasn't and right. if there was more than one human. And then after these two were arrested, miraculously, mysteriously, the cabin burned to the ground. Just right out of the blue, guys. I'm sure it was a completely unrelated event. Yeah. Cassidy had six children. Yeah, six. And some of them were uh, still minors. Mm -hmm. And it's a horrible case, an absolutely oh, horrible nice. case. But not too long ago, James Phelps uh, entered an Alfred plea mm -hmm. and he was sentenced to life without parole. Well, believe it or not, Timothy Norton has now also pled guilty to first degree murder charges and has. But it also... wasn't an Alfred plea, right? No, he, he actually pled guilty. He pled guilty. No. He pled guilty. He told the police all about what his. Uh, uh, what his involvement was, he said, I deserve to die and I am ready for that. It's not right to take a life. Everybody hates me. You know, I'm a monster of a monster monster. He says things went sideways and just kind of happened. It seems like I told somebody else once it just kind of went sideways. Uh, the next thing I know, he was, oh, he said that Phelps strangled Cassidy. He was accusing her of stealing some things from him. Mm. He said, the next thing I know, he was choking her and things were going sideways. If you looked into his eyes, that would have been the last thing you know. I wanted to do was cross him at that point in time. I know he's got a temper. Uh, he was not emotional in court. He said he's still numb. He said, maybe later tonight when I go to sleep, I'll cry. You know, you can talk to my kids. You can talk to my exes. Most of my emotions come out when I'm asleep. Okay, well, whatever. That's creepy. Yeah. But uh, he was also sentenced to life without parole. And that's it. It's over. Yeah. Wow. Yep. He had kind of always seemed like he was the more submissive party in the situation that Phelps was the more aggressor. He always also has always struck me as being low IQ. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But things just went sideways and she's dead and they're cutting up her body. Like, I'm sorry. That is a very poor description of what happened. Right. Because uh, initially he had said that he held her legs down 
while she was strangled. And then they carried her outside and uh, basically butchered her body on a gantry hook and Mm -hmm. then packaged it. I mean, it's, it, it was as if they were like packaging a deer. Yeah. Processing a deer. Yep. Well, I'm glad those and labeling the wrapped packages. Yeah. Cranky. Yeah. Like what? It's always really bothered me that that cabin burned down and went, Mm -hmm. I've always wondered who did that. Yeah. Now they had said they were done processing it. And they had also said that some locals had been out there snooping around, you know, out of pure curiosity, this swept their area. Like you can only imagine, of course, you know, but, uh, yeah, it, it's been a terrible case from the get-go. I am so grateful for Cassidy's family that these two fools, either Paulette Alfred, I don't even care. Oh, that sucks. That's a coward's way out, but whatever. It is. But, and then the guilty plea to just end this so that they can at least try to start putting their lives back together. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Colleen, things going sideways. That's me forgetting I ran out of laundry detergent. Yeah. Right, what a weak description of a heinous murder that they committed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Forgot to put coffee in the coffee maker. I've done that several times, unfortunately. But yeah, it's not like, whoops, we murdered someone. What? Mm-hmm. No. Or put dinner in the crock pot in the morning and leave for work and come back later that night expecting your house to smell amazing. And it isn't I because you never on. turned it on. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. All of those that. Uh, let's talk about, um, everybody's favorite widow, Corey, uh, Richens, because oh God. <laughs> nobody's favorite widow. So she's the woman from Utah who has, who we now know, um, poisoned her husband, killed him, and then wrote a book about grief and about how she and her sons were getting through his death. And, you know, that, uh, book went, you know national and she got all famous for it and now they're discovering that she actually murdered him so she's in even more trouble mm-hmm. because kate richens benson who is representing the estate of eric the husband mm-hmm. filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Corey richens in summit county in in utah the lawsuit is seeking 13 million dollars in damages as well as all revenue generated from the sales of the children's book that was published a year after Eric's death. Yeah. And that, you know, it's a very interesting um, concept because she seriously profited from his death through that book and the notoriety that it brought her. I don't know how much money she's actually made on the book, but anything that she made on the book is profiting from his death. And you cannot yeah. do that. That's that's you cannot profit from someone's death. So, yeah, something's got to that money has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Kaylin thought about Corey when she saw my Moscow mule. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, because she was poisoning drink. his drinks yeah. <laughs> with, with fentanyl. She was. Yeah, she was yeah. overdosing him on fentanyl. Is what she Mine did. just has gin. It's not that great. I mean, it's greater, really. Yeah, it is because it's much safer. Are they going to give that money to the kids? Well, they well should. Their their aunt is fighting very hard for the rest of the family Mm -hmm. and for those children and for what they've been through because they've now lost both their parents because she'll go to prison forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, the aunt is such a badass. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's been really tough and strong through all of this. Yeah. You got to give her mad props. 
Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, but it is interesting to think, you know, that, yeah, she literally profited from his death with that book. Yeah. So gross, right? So sorry for those kids because they're little. Yep. This is, oh. However, I think that his family are going to do everything they can to give these kids a splendid life. Mm -hmm. and they certainly are, okay. are, are, you know, doing everything that they can for them, which I think is great. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're standing up for him and defending him the way that they are too. Yeah. Sue her for his family has the kids. Yeah, yeah they do. So that's pretty interesting. She seems to just like to piss off everyone is mm -hmm. what I'm, is my impression of her. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see, Katie, talk to us about the, uh, the drownings or the murders in Austin, Texas. Something wild going on in Austin, Texas right now. And maybe some of our listeners here that, uh, live in Texas can give us more context to this area, but this is happening at a place called Lady Bird Lake, Lady Bird Lake mm -hmm. near Rainy Street. They have just pulled another body out of that lake and that makes five five men have been pulled from ladybird lake in the last six months and there is getting to be more and more whispers that perhaps there is a serial killer on the prowl so i guess ladybird lake is actually a portion of the colorado river that runs through downtown austin mm -hmm. so authorities yeah. are like ah oh, no no we don't have a serial killer but the uh public is starting to really wonder if they have a serial killer because uh, this is happening. Yeah. Well, and they just keep finding mm -hmm. more bodies. Yeah. It's crazy. Yes, Paula, Corey uh, Richens did sue the estate last week to get the house and the money from his business as if she has any right to that while she's standing trial for his murder. She doesn't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they turned around and sued her back. Mm -hmm. that is that is correct yeah what do you so, think what's it going to take for the authorities to look at this and maybe they are internally in austin and they're just not saying well apparently in searching uh for trying to figure out what's going on at this lake they actually undercover uncovered a different murderer who could be labeled a serial killer from some killings that happened there in the 80s uh, but it, they have nothing to do with Lady Bird Lake. So they're still investigating that and trying to figure out what is going on. Some of them seem like maybe accidental drownings. Some of them seem more suspicious than that. But uh, authorities have been pretty quiet and don't act like they really want to say too much about it because, uh, you know, they don't want to scare the public and start, uh, sh you know, shaking everything up. But it's certainly something to pay attention to. So we'll definitely keep an eye on it. Well, their initial, you know, statements were that it's, this is just people getting drunk, drunk and, you know, full grown adults getting drunk and falling in the lake and drowning. And I'm like, eh. Oh, sure. Like all these I women mean, that just wander out into the woods and lay down and die. Okay. Right. Like, yeah, maybe that happens sometimes. Sure. But like multiple people in a short span of time in the same place, that just does not seem that likely. Yeah. Yes, Christy, all of the Lady Bird Lake bodies are male between 30 and 45 years of age. I mean, there's right. definitely a there's type. Some where, real, yeah. There's a real pattern in the people. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. It is. It's interesting. 
I don't know where it's going to lead, but yeah, I mean, more and more of a pattern seems to be emerging. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up with uh, some news out of the Delphi case and Richard oh. Allen. We do have a tiny bit on Richard Spanavello too. Oh, right. I forgot. Give us Spanavello. It's not a lot. Uh, or Marcus, sorry. I knew that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it felt wrong. It's very small, but there's a new document out in Spanavello. This is, of course, is the murder of Cassie Carley. If you guys remember mm -hmm. this, she was his ex that lived with her little child in Florida. And in a handover, she never came back home. And she'd been living with uh, her dad and she just never came home. And he was really concerned and contacted the authorities. And there was a manhunt for uh, Cassie's body for about a week. And she was finally found buried in the soft dirt inside a barn in, in Georgia. And as it turned out, he had been working, her ex had been working on that property uh, ways, you know, just a little while before that. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. He was arrested. Well, he was finally found and arrested and extradited. And it's been a real back and forth thing because the initial charges were dropped because they were filed by the wrong state. The problem is they don't know what state she was killed in. And so they needed to take it out of the state's hands and move it into a federal jurisdiction. Anyway, right. we've talked about all of this before, but uh, but if you haven't been here with us, you might not know. Anyway, so now it's the very long process. He has waived his uh, right to a speedy trial, and they're now saying that his attorneys have applied for a lot of extensions. So the deadline for pretrial motions is now extended to 11-13-23, and he has until then to decide whether or not he wants to accept a plea deal or actually go to trial. So mm -hmm. that's all we know, but, but it's something, you know, that that case is moving along. There's been a lot of vicious back and forth in that case. And Marcus is this arrogant, uh, he has a very slappable face. I'll say that. He, he does. Yes. Definitely. He's high on the, the SOS, SOS list. list. Well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> A very slappable face. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's what's up with the Cassie Carly case. So some movement, you know, it's been it's been slow to get through the courts for sure because of all those jurisdictional issues. Mm -hmm. Okay, now oh, one oh, more thing I'm really sorry. quick. <laughs> Go ahead. A couple things we're just cramming in. Uh we're also in verdict watch for Scott Peterson. Oh, yes, the uh ouch. Not this, not that Scott Peterson, but no. the uh, the Parkland school um, cop trial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. The jury's been out now for a day or two. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. So I don't think that one's a slam dunk at all. We'll see. No. And it's kind of a precedent setting kind of case. Yeah. Hi, Anna. Welcome. Yeah. Nice to have you here. Okay. Yeah. Can I go on to Delphi? I won't say another word. <laughs> okay. So you probably know there's been a big document dump in the Delphi murder case uh, in regards to uh, Richard Allen. This comes because this case has been gagged and everything is kept quiet. And finally, the decision has been made that maybe some of this information needs to be shared with the public. And so we have known really hardly anything about 
what's gone on with Richard Allen, what what um, information they have yeah. from him, those kinds of things. So I'm going to tell you some of the things that are in the document dump. We're not going to go through all of it, but there's some very interesting things. Um, he had did admit in April during a phone call to his wife that he was responsible for killing Abby and Libby. Yeah. Um, also there is evidence revealed that the, uh, murder weapon was a knife that the girls were stabbed. Yeah. That's new. That's We've new never even known cause of death in this case. No. But he apparently repeatedly, um, said I did it to his wife on the phone and she eventually hung up mm-hmm. pretty upsetting situation yeah um other deaths that were ruled as homicides uh wounds caused by a sharp object most likely a knife yeah um there were clothing there were pieces of clothing that belonged to the girls that were missing from the scene mm-hmm. a sock and a pair of underwear yes as though yeah. maybe some kind of trophy was taken mm-hmm uh there was a search warrant looking for things that belonged to alan they were looking for firearms and knives at his home in delphi um also electronic devices clothing and a specific cell phone Mm -hmm. and they also wanted to search the property that included the outbuildings a shed and his car for those things see we haven't even known what the search warrant was looking for let alone what it found or what the uh, mode of death was. That's right. something they've kept really, really quiet. Because yeah. there's been all this stuff about a bullet that was found near the bodies and, and, and finding the gun that belonged to that bullet, except that the girls weren't shot. No. And, and that's one of the pieces of evidence that's that is one of the big reasons I've been saying that I think this case is really flimsy. Right. Because it was an unspent bullet that they mm-hmm. said had markings on it that were significant or that were, uh, you know, it, Potentially from his Sig Sayer, but mm-hmm. they, the problem is that uh, those forensics are really easy to, uh, to poke holes in. And so right. we've been saying, if that's all they have, this case is very flimsy. Right. But it really isn't all they have because that is not even yeah. the murder weapon. No. So they so did recover. Really wondered, do they have the knife? Well, they did recover boots, multiple knives and sweatshirts. The Sig Sauer. Um, multiple cell phones, an iPod, a hard drive, laptop, and some other electronics from the house. Mm-hmm. So they did go away with knives. They did. Yeah. We don't know if it's the knife, but no, mm-hmm. no. However, the, uh, the confession may very well end up being inadmissible. Uh, right. And there, this is the thing that we have to remember. Yeah. Richard Allen has had a complete meltdown. He's eating all of the papers that his attorneys give him, like literally ingesting them. Yeah. He said wetting them and eating them. Yeah. He is hallucinating. He, he was not stable when he made that confession to his wife. And you know that the defense is going to go there first. And that's really what's going on right now is that they're trying to determine competency. Because in that initially, initially where he was being held, he went downhill. I mean, if you've seen pictures of him, he looks like a late stage cancer patient. He looks like horrible. horrible. They've horrible. moved him now. 
and they're assessing him to determine, is he competent to trans stand trial? Yeah. And I'm sure that they are looking at that time frame when that confession was made to his wife well, about this, it was what else the same was going time on that his attorneys were filing with the courts to get him out of that prison because yeah. of the downhill spiral. And at that time, they said that he was showing uh, symptoms of schizophrenia or other psychosis. Yes. And that's when they were, you know, talking about how he was, uh, you know, starving himself. He wasn't eating. He wasn't sleeping. He was eating all the papers they were giving him. And, you know, so now everyone's like, oh, they got a confession. They'll be lucky right. if they get to use that confession. This is why we've been saying all along this case feels wrong. And, you know, not that I think that Richard did or didn't do it. I'm still not convinced, to be completely fair. And I know some of you guys think I'm completely insane for that. But it just, there's a lot of things here that don't feel right, that weren't really done right. And They've got fact, to normalize his behavior. Yeah. Really, to be sure. Yeah. I, I think that he, his current state is way beyond malingering. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Christy, he looks like he weighs, like he's lost 75 to 100 pounds. He does. He oh, looks yeah. like he's not eating at all. He's hallucinating. I mean, there are things that can be faked for a period of time, mm -hmm. but you can't malinger forever. No one can. No. And I, I don't think that it is fake. I do think that he's had a total mm -hmm. break with reality and they've got to get him back yeah. to reality yeah. as they've done with Lori Vallow yeah. to know for sure what is really real here. And I'm not saying he did or didn't do it. I'm just saying that this has all felt very weird and wrong and desperate to finally arrest somebody. And right. it's just really, it true, Amy, it feels weird because there was nothing and then bam, they found him. It almost right. was inconvenient. Right. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he did or didn't do it, but there's some things with this case that concern me greatly. And yeah. this whole thing with the whole imprisonment thing really, really worries me. For a yeah. lot of reasons, partly because his rights were seriously violated they were. in this. Whether you believe he's him, guilty or not. The way he was being housed is though, you know, no one cares because he's been convicted. Mm -hmm. uh, but he hasn't been. Yeah. And he's innocent until proven guilty. And you cannot just, you know, destroy a person psychologically the way that he has been. Right. So right. they've got to get some shit died? right with him first. Right. What if he had died in that prison and he hadn't and been would convicted? Never know. Right. And then maybe justice would have never been served for right. the girls' families. Like, all of this has been so very wrong and screwed up. It, it, it has. It has. Well, in this case has been so quiet. The, the police in this case have held everything tightly to the chest. They've finally decided maybe that is not the way to go. Maybe yeah. being more transparent will bring in more witnesses, more information from the public. Duh. Yeah. People have literally been begging for information about what their investigation is showing for yeah. years since these girls were killed. And, you know, there may be things that people know that they don't know they know because everything's been kept yeah. so secret. Well, and what He's, if that confession gets thrown out? Because right. he was crazy when he made it. What if? Right. right. What if it's they were this sucked. close? And they had a confession and they have to throw it out because of the yeah. conditions surrounding it. There's so many things here that are just so fucked up. There are. And cause you can bet that that's immediately where his, his defense is going to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we shall see where this yeah. goes from here. Um, 
we still don't know about the acted alone or acted with someone else. You know, there's always that question. Did we also don't know if they actually recovered a murder weapon or if they didn't. Right. They took yeah. knives from his house. Is one of them the murder weapon? We don't know. No. Did they? Did right. They find? Right. Cranky. This is a small place. World, yeah. world police force. Yeah. And this and they've been very committed mm -hmm. to finding mm -hmm. um, this killer. Very committed. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. They're they're keeping it all a big secret, I think, has backfired on them. And it has made the community doubt them and question their ability to solve this. And so I, I honestly think it's the right move to unseal some of this stuff and release it and give yeah. people the opportunity um, to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, comment. Maybe people know things if they just yeah. knew what the police were thinking or what they're they were looking, looking for. for. Yeah. Anna, it's interesting. She said, do either of you have a read on this? So back when we were still doing public readings, which you may have noticed that we don't, we're not doing that anymore because, uh, I mean, we haven't really talked very publicly about why we're not doing that anymore. But the reason we're not doing that anymore is because in the true crime slash intuitive world, it got really ugly and gross. And mm -hmm. we discovered people that we would have considered maybe our colleagues doing really inappropriate things. Uh, saying really inappropriate things and we realized that that is not what we wanted to be associated with no. and we'd rather just stick it to true crime and mm -hmm. not not meddle in the other side of it anymore because it just got to be a gross world where we didn't want to be a part of it but no, I will tell you be this associated Anna, with super unethical behavior we did read this case I read this case yeah, and when I read this case when Alan was first arrested I was like okay that it matches, I wouldn't say 100%, it doesn't, but quite well with what we were saying. And we were saying that the girls were killed with knives. Yeah, we, uh, we did predict that. Uh, I think we might have predicted that there was a gun involved as well. That there was. We also predicted that there were two killers. There, there yeah, were we did predict things. that there were two killers. Uh, we don't know that answer yet. But uh, at any rate, uh, so we did read it. You can go back in our, mm -hmm. in our uh, archives and find it. But. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I worry that this case is uh, in trouble. I do too, I hope but I'm wrong. some of the information they've shared does give me some hope that they have more than we know. Which the they fact probably that, do. Yeah. You know, that, that they're not relying on that gun as murder weapon. Thank yeah. God. That's super good news, you know, yeah. that because that had concerned me a ton because it was an unspent bullet. And that the that forensics is super questionable about if they can prove what kind of gun it was in or not. Yeah. And so I'm glad that there are other things that the, the murder weapon is actually a knife or a sharp yeah. instrument. We don't know if they have DNA. There's, there's lots of things we don't a, know. Yeah. There's never been a single word about DNA. I know, Amy, it's really hard to shake Keegan Klein. It it's is. Really hard I agree. To shake Keegan Klein. I know. Yeah. But yeah. Keegan Klein is currently off, you know, getting convicted of all kinds of other heinous shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they may um, bring him in eventually. They're not ruling that out. But yeah. what they've released does not rule it in either. So mm -hmm. we got some information, not everything. And, uh, you know, but definitely it is a big move. And I think it's mm -hmm. a move in the right direction. This, this keeping things a secret from the public the justice system works for us, you yeah. know, 
And the, the people in Indiana, the people in, um, you know, the Delphi area, they have the right to know what the hell is happening here. They also have the right to be able to contribute. And you can't contribute if you don't know what the hell they're looking for or what they're thinking. So I, I think it's good. I think all of this is good with Delphi and we're going to keep seeing good things. But they've, they've got to resolve the, um, you know, concerns around competency and get him in a good headspace before they can move forward, really. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the next big step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'll get evaluated by a bunch of different people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Justice does need to be out in the open and not in the dark. Yeah. Justice is for the people. Yeah. Which means that the people need to know what's happening and need to see it happen. And I think that rural communities smaller places aren't super used to that that's we've seen it with the daybell case here yeah you know the our justice system here is not not used to being out in the world and and so visible to the public it's very uncomfortable yeah it's very uncomfortable for them supposed to be Mm -hmm. yeah we still don't know exactly what led them to richard allen that's something we still don't know no and on that note, it is a mixed bag, of course, because we want juries to be preserved. We want fair trials. However, we are the public. It, it definitely, mm-hmm. uh, it, there's definitely a fine line there. Yeah. There is. It's important, um, yeah. you know, that there can be a fair jury. But, you know, not everybody's interested in crime. I, I know that, you know, we might yeah. feel like everybody's a true crimer, but that's not actually true. No, no, and, no. and so there yeah. are certainly people that will know very little about a case like this, just like Mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah. Right, Diane, hopefully they will get justice and that their families will. They have been through so much. Right, at the end of the day, that's all I really care about is that justice is served for them, for their families so that they can get some modicum of closure here so that, uh, and so that the community can be safer. If it is Richard Allen, convict him and lock him up. Yeah. But if it isn't, find the real killer. I mean, somebody's still out there. Yeah. That's the mixed bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, that's everything we've got. And I think it should probably be enough because we are over time. We are. <laughs> yes. But uh, we will be back uh, next week with all of our usual um, content. Our, our Patreons will be coming out tomorrow for the month. So if you uh, follow us on Patreon or if you don't, go to... Uh, Patreon, True Crime Squad, find us there. We do two extra shows a month. Um, I'm doing a uh, Menendez Brothers Then and Now for Patreon that I think is going to be interesting because some things have really come to light, some more things coming into question with their case. And so I want to talk about, you know, what the original case was and then what's what's come to light since then that might Mm -hmm. change the way that that case was viewed. It, it'll change the way you view it, I would imagine. A I lot think of you. so. It's, the, the press yeah. really gave us that uh, case a very certain way, or maybe it was just the prosecution or whatever. But uh, I think we all thought we knew that case, but uh, chances are you really don't. Yeah, I, I'm afraid that's true. So that's what my Patreon is going to be this month. So if you want to learn about that, go go uh, become a patron over there. Um and it, it's a small fee and it supports us and helps keep us doing what we need to do. Because it turns out this stuff's not free. No. <laughs> it helps no. pay our bills, which is a good thing. Right. Somebody's got to buy these Moscow mules. Uh- 
Well, and pay okay, the gas to drive to Lori Vallow's hearings. Come on. Right. <laughs> uh, a couple of things. So my Patreon, my Patreon is six times that women killed their husbands through their testicles. <laughs> you might know that we put some stuff on Patreon that we would not do on YouTube. <laughs> some things we choose to be, uh, you know, mm -hmm. kind of behind the paywall so that we don't get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and this would and be a, one of those cases. Yes, and a bonus of a time a guy accidentally killed himself through his testicles. Anyway, we'll get there. It'll be a testy episode. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. So check yes. out our Patreon for all of that. Uh, we're, and... Real quick to answer Pam's question. Can mm. Lori have visitors? Lori can have uh, visitors only through, the only in-person visitors she can have is clergy or her attorneys. Her attorneys. Uh, however, you can put money on her account and request a conversation with her via uh, Telmate, which is the video chat uh, function. Mm -hmm. uh, I know other people have tried. Justin Lum has tried a few times and she always accepts his money and then declines the call. <laughs> that sounds like Lori. Yes, uh, however, I have said that once the dust settles uh, with Lori, I am going to try to write her once she's in prison. Um, yeah, I actually do want to talk to Lori if possible. Um, she sure makes eye contact with us every time we see her at court. Which she is... sure does, because she doesn't know who we are. <laughs> when I think she definitely wonders. So, mm -hmm. anyway, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that said, please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, comment, give us a review on Apple or anywhere else that you can. All of those things help us to grow and reach out further into the world, which is what we want to do. And with that, we are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.